0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Live and Learn. It's been a long time since I have been on here joining you. And sorry for that long hiatus, but thanks so much for tuning in. And I sure hope that your summer is going well. Uh, My family just got back from Lake Michigan area, Chicago area, which is one of our favorite places to visit. And we've been having a really good summer here in Kentucky. And I hope that that's true where you are as well. I know many of you have been wrapping up end of the last fiscal year things and are just starting into the new part of the fiscal year. It's hard to believe it's fiscal year eighteen, nineteen. So today, I'm actually I was actually inspired to record this particular episode due to something frustrating me in my in my home life at the moment. I live in an old house. It's about a hundred years old. It has been in my family for about that whole time and uh it was my grandparents home and and my husband and i bought it about seven years ago and we love old homes we love the character of them we we like the history of them Uh, but as you can imagine there's always something that needs to be fixed and we've put a lot of time and money and effort into sprucing up the house as it is over the last seven years and we're getting around to kind of more fluffy projects as you might call them. We've already done all the plumbing, uh, we've rewired a lot of things, we've done a lot of structural work, and now we're doing smaller projects. But the thing that's very frustrating for us is living in a rural area, we have a very hard time finding dependable people to come fix things in our home. Uh, there are lots of things that we do ourselves. There are lots of things we're not comfortable doing ourselves. We're busy people. If something isn't our forte and someone else is a professional at it, obviously it's a better choice to have an electrician come hang ceiling fans in a room that has no ceiling wiring than for me to attempt that myself and burn our house down. So, we we do occasionally need someone to come in and do something. We have a nice plumber. We have a good painter but as far as just an all-around handyman or handy woman there's none to be found. There's a current project going on from my front porch that has been going on for at least 2 weeks uh, and we're re-screening our screened-in porch, which is actually our favorite room in the house. And uh, this person was recommended by friends of ours or coworkers of ours and Um, Upon speaking with the person, he was very nice and said, oh, yes, this isn't a problem. And currently, uh, two weeks in, he told me yesterday that he would finish yesterday and then got the job about 10% done. Then today, or last evening, he said he would be here bright and early the next morning. Well, it's 1 o'clock here in Kentucky, and the person still hasn't shown up or called or anything. So our porch is still unusable. It's full of shards of broken wood and who knows what all and I'm not surprised I have to say this has been our experience with trying to get dependable workers you may recall I had the same issue initially with creating SCR Academy Uh, our web developer we contracted with halfway did the job in a really drawn-out time frame and then we had to find someone else to finish it actually to start over completely he didn't do it do even do a good job to start with so what I wanted to talk about today is trades, the trades in, in the country, and why there seems to be, you know, we ha- I know we have a skills gap in many, many areas, uh, but the trades are one that's suffering the most. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about what adult education can do to really help with the trades. So one of my favorite shows, I don't get to watch it that often, we don't have TV, Um, We can get the PBS app, I guess, and watch. But I love this old house because I live in an old house. And also, they actually have projects that average homeowners such as myself can can take on. There are some things I've done myself this summer. We have a a 40-year-old creek stone sidewalk that hasn't been taken care of at all prior to our moving in. And so I had to re-grout all of of that, and it was a lot of work, but I I feel very proud every time I walk on the sidewalk knowing that I fixed it. I had to put a new back doorknob on our door. Those types of things I can do myself. And this old house really helps me anytime I have a, a question about something. They have great videos and all that sort of thing. But they're also getting involved in something called Generation Next, which is a campaign to try to pull young people into the trades through apprenticeships. Now, we know that apprenticeships are really popular where our government is concerned, uh, certainly right now, for sure, which is a wonderful thing. The Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act actually first brought apprenticeships to the forefront through several back channels. And several, that, that was a, the apprenticeships were a result of, an indirect result of that legislation. And so that was the first ever large amount of money poured into apprenticeships and now under the current administration another two hundred million dollars has been allocated specifically for apprenticeship programs and what apprenticeships do is they allow participants to to work in the field that they are, are learning about and also simultaneously go to school gain licensure um, gain certificates and diplomas and really it's a win-win for everyone First of all, the employer who is a part of the program uh, really has the opportunity to kind of grow their own workers, which is which is positive. Um, students also often have the opportunity to learn in the exact context of that workplace. Not always the case. There's not always employer-driven apprenticeships, but that's typically the model. And additionally. Students have the opportunity to learn in, a, in a, a real authentic environment and you typically get paid simultaneously while going to school and often those times those school programs are even paid for. Here in the state of Kentucky the Work Ready Scholarship has just expanded its parameters as well to include even associates degrees and uh, in some cases beyond uh, to make sure that individuals who want to pursue high demand careers here in the state of Kentucky, can get anything from a diploma to an associate's degree and beyond, depending on a you know, variety of factors, which is really, really good news. And oftentimes apprenticeships are a part of that. Another big part and, and a big area that adult education can really p- help to push the trades and to help fill this skills gap is in, through accelerating opportunity where in adult education, there's a partnership between a community college system and the local adult education system and allows students to be pursuing their high school equivalency simultaneously with some certificates and diplomas and even working toward an associate's degree in some cases while uh, while earning their initial diploma. And that's really exciting, too, because so many of our students, as we know, they have knowledge in a lot of these areas. Uh, it's This is why contextualized instruction is so important and has come to the forefront in adult education, is because so many of our students ha- grasp things better uh, based on things that they already do. Perhaps you have someone who's worked in floor laying. I had a student once who he worked, and he still works, for our local business that lays carpet and hardwood and tile and all those things, and he had such extensive knowledge that he brought to my classroom for practical use of measurement. And he could explain things in a way that was just wonderful to hear and that many other students could relate to from their own lives. So contextualized instruction is a really important part of this, we know. And accelerating opportunity kind of helps students to enhance their own areas of strength and simultaneously work toward diplomas as well on the academic side of things which is wonderful. Career pathways in adult education as we know is is big and important as well. Uh, WIOA tells us that but it's really permeating programs around the country with that integrated education and training model that allows once again students to grasp and work on multiple certificates at the same time. I just finished up writing a whole curriculum unit on dream jobs, which is a, I called a career snapshots where students are, are able to read about different jobs from folks who, are, who work in those fields and talks about their favorite things and least favorite things and so on. And one of the things that really resonated with me as far as trade work is the, the physical ability to see a job come to completion. You know, sometimes in in more abstract work, it's harder to see the fruits of your labor sometimes, but you know, I, as I mentioned with my sidewalk project, I feel satisfied every time I walk on that sidewalk knowing that I, I improved that area of our home. So there's a lot of satisfaction that comes as well from working in the trades and exposure for students and career pathways in a lot of different areas can maybe help to draw that out as well and, and focus on things that they already are satisfied by doing and making sure that they're understanding that there are careers and jobs in those fields as well. And really the last area that adult education can really help in this way is to, as I'm always harping on, be aware of your partnerships. Be aware of those, those companies in your town, those businesses, those other partners, Career One Stop, for instance, who can really help provide guidance for students and for you when you're starting to look at helping students delve into career pathways. What are those jobs that are in demand in your town? What apprenticeships are available for adult workers? and making sure that students have the opportunity to go and see and learn more about these different jobs and, again, really just how important they are for us. According to this old house, they said in 2017, six million trades jobs went unfilled, which is really concerning. And I can, as I can say from personal experience, it's been endlessly frustrating, not only trying to find someone to even ask, but then when you even get someone out here to do a project half the time they don't show up. So this is a a field ripe for the picking if students are interested in it and hopefully this has helped you be a little bit more aware of some of the ways that you can foster uh, trade work in, in your classroom and your students. As we close out today, I have a lot of things going on this fall. Hopefully I'll be seeing some of you even. I'm coming to several conferences around the country. I'm coming back to several states to continue with standards implementation. I'm starting some new partnerships with with, uh, states and entities elsewhere as well, which is really exciting. I also have something new coming on SCR Academy. I'm actually going to uh, be working on that after I hop off of here. Uh, I'm going to be doing some mini, i them call, calling them mini-PDs, little free webcasts that you can download and go through with people in your learning center. And then there also is going to be supplemental materials and facilitation toolkits available for purchase that go along with those free webcasts. So if you're looking for something to kind of spark interest and you know push yourselves in a different direction or, or try something new, be sure to check out those webcasts. They'll hopefully be up, maybe by the end of August, to kind of jumpstart you on your professional development uh, as the year as the year ramps up. So thanks again so much for listening, and hopefully it won't be—I don't know—what has it been, four months or something since I since I recorded last. But in the meantime, stay curious.